Welcome into the Dad Verb Podcast, where we chat about parenting from the lens of a dad. My name's Andrew, and I'm joined by Ben Brown and Andrew Saunders. And this week, we're going to be uh, chalking, chalking. (laughs) We're going to be talking about managing screen time. Words Uh, words are hard. (laughs) Words are so hard. We're going to be talking about chalking, about managing screen time, and then uh, security for your family. Uh, Baby monitors, data, privacy, some dad talk about that. I'm going to round it out with uh, some Discord questions, and then uh, and then we'll just uh, sign off like we normally do. But first, we always got to do our sick check for the week, and I'm just going to go ahead and kick it off. We had colds, and then we went right to stomach bug, uh, which has been ripping through our, na- our, our whole community, and, uh, and Henry was straight up just vomiting. So... Uh, Nope, nope. We are we are not in the clear. Been dealing with that a bunch, and luckily it was restricted to just Henry uh, by miracle. Uh, you know, we it, it did not hit the rest of us, so uh, we are in the clear now. We're good to go. But um, that's us. What about you guys? I know I already broke the streak, but how you guys doing? <laughs> uh, we're gonna break the streak too. Um, so, but literally between the last episode, we said everybody was fine. And now, uh, both of my kids got sick, luckily just mildly, um, just, you know, runny noses, cough, all that stuff, no fevers or anything. However, uh, found out today, right before the stream, when my daughter got home from school, that apparently one of the infants in her class has pink eye. Um, and so. The likelihood now is that she also has pink eye. Um, We noticed one of her eyes is like a, just a little bit gooky, you know, a little bit goopy and gross. I'm going to give you this antibiotic drops. We're probably going to, yeah, we're going to be fighting an infant to do antibiotic drops over the next couple of days. So uh, we're breaking the streak too. We're back to zero days with nobody sick. I feel like we need a little post-production counter, like click, click, click. Like who's, how many weeks is each of us at? Because we're healthy. Um, I think I'm going on like six or eight weeks of straight healthy family. So stop ruining Dude, the street, guys, because I'm not pulling us down. <laughs> <laughs> Watch. We are going to go on like saying. a wild streak, and you're going to be so sick for like four weeks straight. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. Miserable all through Thanksgiving, Christmas, oh. New Year's. <laughs> It'll be terrible. Oh, oh, yeah. Knock well, on wood, man. Jeez. Uh, we... We are, as usual, going to have some sort of uh, talking delay because I'm just, my Wi-Fi is just so effing bad. And uh, before we start uh, recording this episode, going back and forth with Andrew about like my router and just trying to like figure out, you know, because the uh, the one that I got through AT&T is just absolute poo-poo. So um, we're going to get that sorted (laughs) eventually. Um, But AT&T, looking for a sponsorship. (laughs) <laughs> they're based here in dallas by the way so um but yeah uh sorry oh. i'm just i'm I'm nomming on on my kids um halloween candy so uh, i apologize if you can hear me chewing but uh going with the airheads tonight uh the, the watermelon halloween candy wow it's delicious it's so good it's so good but uh, on this version anywho. of the asmr dad podcast brought to you by andrew <laughs> two and friends oh. we have Dude, if i started an asmr thing it would be an absolute nightmare. My wife would hate me. <laughs> oh, but um, you know, speaking of, I I've been so slow <laughs> posting content on Dad. Andrew eating into the microphone. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All right, you know what? I'm gonna but I'm gonna kick off the next segment and then I'm gonna finish the dang airhead. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I've been slow to post a lot of content on YouTube. Somebody else talk. Why? Right. All right, come. Let me finish. Just I'm chewing. This is bad. Why did I start doing this to the listeners? Audio. Why did, why that, that, that was right the thought now. I was having. Like, why did we? Why did you start with the Kit Kat okay. and then go to the Airhead after you hit record? <laughs> like we had time, man. You could have just. <laughs> gonna have to edit this. Okay. Uh-huh. Um. So I've been we're just really slow to post on the dad verb. Uh. But what um. Uh, the next video that I do have is actually about like some good apps, right? That you can be uh, guiding your kids to uh, rather than just like YouTube, right? To, to spoil it, there are some really, really good ones out there. One that we now found, which is really fantastic, is um, it's called Duolingo ABC. It's by the same makers of the second, sec, you know, uh, second language learning ed tech company. 
Uh, and it's a completely free, like no subscription, no like little trial to, uh, to unlock the full suite of stuff. It's like, it's, it's a free fun educational app for kids designed, you know, from like that, you know, three to six range. And it's been great. Uh, but on that note, the, I think the main thing that we're going to be talking about is about like managing that screen time, you know, kind of set, setting kind of healthy limits there. Uh, and I guess, you know, I, I guess to start, maybe we'll kick it off to Ben here uh, because I think in the past we've talked about how we would, you know, start with a little bit of screen time and then screen goes off and then mm-hmm. our kids start getting a little tantrum or, you know, they, they start acting, uh, acting a little different. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I may, I'll kick it off to you. You know, when it comes to screen time, we, you know, what are some, I guess, methods about, you know, your approach to that? Because we already talked about, like, not villainizing screen time. Like, we're, we're in on it, right? But what, what about setting healthy limits? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you take the floor right. and then I'll eat my airhead. Yeah, I don't know if we're always, like, the best for setting healthy limits on screen times. I mean, I think we, we do what we can, right? Like, we try not to use it as, like, the babysitter. Um, and just like stick our kid in front of a screen when we just know, you know, we can't deal with them at that moment. Um, that does happen from time to time. That's the reality of raising kids is sometimes you just need a minute to do something. And it's like, hey, why don't you watch a movie or a show? But the way we use screens in our house is we try to be a little bit intentional about it. So for example, like every Friday night, like we've started doing a lot more cooking at home. And every Friday night, we try to do like a pizza night. So whether we make or order or whatever at home, we'll do pizza night with our three-year-old since he can stay up a little bit later. And at that time, we like pick a movie to watch as a family. So like we all sit down together and watch, you know, some kind of, usually some kind of Disney movie or, or something that he's really into at that point, um, which, you know, for us is like, yeah, it's kind of a lot of screen time in one chunk. You know, you're talking two, two and a half hours kind of in one big go. Um, But at the same time, like we're interacting with each other, like we're having a good time, we're having a good family experience as a part and the screen is just a part of that. It's not the distraction, it's actually kind of the point and is actually like bringing us together. Um, And then, you know, we do use it sometimes like if we're traveling um you know one of the great things is like to get some puzzles right and and have your kid be able to do like some puzzles or have some sort of uh something to interact with in the car like it's kind of hard as a three-year-old just to sit there and stare out the window for a four or five six hour road trip um and you can only stop so much and still get where you're going so we try to do things that like he's going to be developing a little bit or he's going to be thinking doing a puzzle doing colors doing numbers or shapes um, rather than just, you know, putting a movie on and letting him watch that. Um, we've also found that if he's doing a puzzle, he gets less, he's much less likely to be car sick. If he's like watching a movie and just sitting there and kind of the motion on the screen and the motion out the window, uh, it seems like he's much more likely to get car sick. But if he's actually interacting, it seems like it kind of keeps him a little more calm, which is nice. Andrew, I know that, you know, you've got littles, uh, but maybe not so much in these, you know, in the tablet you know tv phase so much but i mean uh i mean do you have kind of any general thoughts for for you kicking it off i mean so my eldest doesn't like screens at this point um like i've sit down to try to do like okay let's watch sesame street let's watch looney tunes tom and jerry what else have i tried um basically it's stuff that's gonna semi-entertain me and she has (laughs) no interest whatsoever in in any part of kids hbo programming um (laughs) disney plus none of it like i I haven't gone to things like bluey or any of the obvious kids shows but doesn't care doesn't want to watch them and when it comes to like my phone she's actually that's dad's phone like she doesn't touch it she doesn't care she gets really excited when i share it with her but i have a couple like um kid game apps like i forget what they're out of australia and I only know that mm. because they pronounce, like, they say buffalo, and they show a water buffalo, not an American buffalo, right? Um, anyway, and she <laughs> loves playing those games, but she gets bored after maybe five minutes. The mm. eight-month-old mm-hmm. will stare at the TV. Like, if she's sitting on my lap, and I'm watching a show, she's like, I'm in. What are we watching? Let's Let's do this, Dad. Like, and so... 
I think she's going to be the one I have to watch a little more than the elder child page. But um, she's already shown an interest in all things that have flat surfaces and LEDs behind them at this point. So, ah, man. Well, I I'd say that for we're not. Oh, sorry. It's uh, we're in that awkward. um, (laughs) We're in that awkward. uh, I I legitimately think I'm about a solid five seconds to six set possibly even upwards of seven seconds in delay uh, which is horrible i would say that for for me ours kind of our situation kind of echoes uh ben where you know obviously there are times especially when henry was going through this whole sick thing just this past weekend and stuff where we we're just like you know just do whatever you want on the tablets whatever uh but then you know when we make it more of an intentional thing where it's kind of not just a distraction so that we can get something done, but something that brings us together when you frame it in that kind of mindset. Um, yeah, it, it does help. And also, you know, what they're engaging with rather than just, you know, subway surfers or, you know, whatever, just you know, silly, goofy things and more stuff that's like kind of intentional. Um, there's uh, another one that we like called Osmo, which is, um, you know, it, it's a little bit more interactive where they like interact with like the real world with like pieces. Uh, and it's kind of like a guided um, educational tool, um, then, you know, it it becomes less of a, you know, I don't know, less of like this battle between like screen time and kids and attitudes and more just kind of like a moment where you can reconnect through this thing. Uh, and, and then, you know, and call it quits. But yeah, there are times though, when it's like, um, they start to get, I would say, I don't just, they they just become just douchebags uh is basically it oh you know when it's like hey it's time to just turn off the screens and stuff like that and then uh and they start getting really angry then we have to kind of have this like this this discussion of like listen this is not how we're going to act when we're when you know we're not going to get grumpy stuff like that just because it's time to, to put up tablets so uh recently we have been doing just like straight up like time limits uh where it'll just straight up time out after you know like 45 60 minutes and they're like and they'll just walk over and be like all right well i guess we're done I'm like cool we're done we can go play with whatever else now you know so and then you know and when it's less me being the enforcer and more like the actual device being the enforcer it's a little bit nicer i guess and a little bit more tolerable for them uh so uh that that is a uh, another you know healthy simple tactic mm-hmm. there um but uh yeah there's oh sorry i i I, I ramble and because of the delay, I always like have a, have a tough time. So I'm just, I'm going to mute myself and I'll, I'll let Ben uh, hop in here. Yeah. So I know we talked about um, the idea of like kids getting upset. Um, you know, I know my son sometimes gets upset when we have to turn the TV off. And so I think what I, what I found helps us a lot is first of all he really only gets upset if he's watching what we would consider like kind of mindless tv right Um, like he's super into spider-man right now and so he watches this it's like spidey and his amazing friends it's a disney plus like cartoon show cartoon show but the the episodes are basically they're 30 minutes but it's like a split episode so it's effectively like a 15 minute episode and he gets locked into that right and he doesn't hear or see anything else that's happening around him like he only sees what's on the tv and i used to get really frustrated with him because i try to talk to him or i tried to say something from across the room or hey it's you know dinner time or we're going to turn this off in one episode and one of the things that i realized is that he is so focused on the show that he's not hearing anything i'm saying And so the only time he hears me is if I like really raise my voice to get his attention or clap really loud. And and that kind of like jolts him out of this experience of the show. And so a couple things that I found that that have helped a lot is number one, um, setting that limitation and saying, you know, all right, we're going to watch this one episode. So whether it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes, we get to watch one episode and then it turns off. So you set the expectation before you even turn the show on. Um, and then if you ask to watch another one, we say, you know, we've already watched one. That was our limit. TV's going off for now. We're going to find something else to do and, you know, do something else, help me cook dinner, do a puzzle, whatever. The second thing is that if I want his attention or if I need anything from him or I need to interact with him, I need to make the effort to go over to him and have him know that I'm there. Right. So like touch him on the arm, 
get in front of him, do whatever um, that will kind of get his attention or break his attention from the show. Uh, because otherwise, he's just going to be stuck in that. He's not going to hear anything that I'm saying. And when I just turn the TV off, it's going to jolt him out of that, you know, the trance of watching the TV. Um, and he's not going to understand why, because he has not absorbed any of the information I've sent to him. I've said to him, he's not going to absorb that we're only going to watch one episode or that it's time for dinner or that we're leaving the house. So I need to be more intentional about how I communicate with him while he's watching a show. If I don't want that outcome of him being just like super upset and throwing a tantrum when the show is over. I know that's, that's super true. Now on that note, uh, maybe we can talk about this after because it kind of dovetails, but uh, Ben, you made a, you made a, uh, a few good reels on your Instagram about like great shows to be engaging with. I know Bluey's mm-hmm. obviously one, but maybe we can touch on that maybe slightly after, even though that wasn't technically on the show doc. Uh, Cause that might be just a fun, fun thing to go over. Um, but uh, you know, on your note though, uh, it is, um, yeah, you, you do bring up a good point, especially about like, you know, that or a couple of good points about mitigating what the effect of happens after the uh, the screens go off, because it is an ongoing thing that I feel like has just been um, kind of not an issue, but just like something that we've been like overly conscious of uh, recently, especially as, you know, we start doing more than just you know, like educational games here and there, but like we're actually engaging on like mm. Nintendo Switches, right? We're doing like, you know, Mario mm. Kart. We're playing like game games now, right? Uh, which right. has a slightly harder, uh, deeper impact. Uh, so as our kids get older, that is something that we're being conscious of. The thing is just like, I really enjoy the games. Um, and mm. I mean, maybe a little bit too far, but like, I started playing Fortnite uh, in front of the kiddos and they freaking love it. They absolutely love it. Uh, and I'm like, I'm not, I can't keep on playing Fortnite <laughs> in front of you guys. And it gives Katie walked in and she just seemed like the bang, 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 bang. I'm like, oh, son of a, yeah, maybe not. Right. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> and uh, I mean, whereas, you know, but, but like, and then I'll play like Splatoon, which is very fast paced. And it's like, it's a lot for a kid to process. There's a lot for a kid to mm. process. Um, it's just it's not the healthiest but i know that we're like hey guys i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop they're gonna be like no no like they absolutely love it so um but i mean i will say that is a really really good fun fun thing for us to to you know engage with together uh maybe it's just a dad thing but i really enjoy that that aspect of it i mean andrew Mm -hmm. though like it's kind of cool that your kiddos do they just like to they don't like need it you know so just like keep it going. I don't know how it, I've managed that. Okay, it's a fluke of nature. It's, it's a, it could be a slippery slope. Yeah. So yeah. I oh, mean, to man. be fair though, I want to be fair to every kid out there, right? My mother used to hate it when we went to the video store. Yes, I am that old. Got a VHS tape that had anything to do with ninjas. Okay, because if we watched a ninja movie <laughs> once, we were ninjas for four days, dude, and. We kicked, chopped, hiya, right? Everything was a nunchuck. Everything was a sort like. So this Girl. isn't a new phenomena, all right? This is just you're 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 specifically referring to Rocky loves Emily. Is this correct? No, I am referring to <laughs> three ninjas, the three brothers. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but mm-hmm. one of the key oh, lines yeah. in that movie is Rocky loves Emma. I know you're talking about Rocky. I don't Colton remember Tum-Tum. that one. Rocky, yeah, Rocky Colton Tum Tum. Yes, 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 yes. Dude, they had the most balling yeah. ass room I'd ever seen. Where like the parent starts walking I... up to their room, and then the, the like the they had like the little mask that starts to like light up with the red lights and it's like a warning sign. Like they had like the coolest looking. Yep. Ro- I mean, it's just like yeah, and I think it still holds up well, even though it's very nineties. So, like <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but I don't know. We we digress. It started with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It went to Three Ninjas, and then it must have petered out somewhere around the like, I don't know, Jason Bourne phase. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? There was yeah. no okay. That guy's a badass, but there's no way I'm gonna ever be able to do any of that stuff. I guess this dream of being an Uber ninja is over. I'm like, huh? <laughs> well, Maybe I'll I- just go watch Sniper and and see how good I can be at target practice. <laughs> 
I'm gonna I'm gonna anyway. ask Ben about like good healthy educational shows in a sec. But like <laughs> speaking of, have you guys seen the new Ninja Turtles though? The one that was like produced by like Seth Rogen and stuff like that. Oh or, God. Did you see it? I I haven't. I was a huge fan of like the the rubber suit Ninja Turtles, like in the yeah. the I think oh, the yeah. early nineties, like late eighties, early nineties. Those are um, great. Those with, are great. You know, with the Foot Clan and Shredder and the whole Shredder, like, yeah. I rewatched some of those the other day and they are they're so hokey and I have such a soft spot in my heart for them because they're <laughs> they're such like quintessential early nineties cinema just with big rubber turtles. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, so I love good. it. And April and Casey. Casey is the guy with the hockey mask, right? So, uh, yep. uh, yeah, they, they, like oh, those yeah. characters coming in. Yeah, I did like that. So, wait, thoughts on the new one, though? Because actually, my kids watched it. They love it. They love the Spider Verse and all that stuff. But, like, you know, which one, this, though? Which Ninja Turtles am I referring to? Yeah, because the there's new, like the newest one that like just came, not the one that's like the, the, the live you know, action like my, one or the animated one? The fully animated one, not the one that yeah, like. No. Is it, yeah is the, it the one that's um, animated kind of like into the spider verse yeah exactly i think yeah, it's, it's like, like the same, same studio style that did it. yeah same style yeah exactly yeah it's like almost almost like stop motion animation but not quite exactly yeah some some things they animated on twos which is like a animation thing but anyway like yeah it's um yeah really similar animation style uh i'm assuming andrew is is out on that i'm out i'm out no I am only interested in I enjoyed the live action one that was like Michael Bay style where Raphael was a real jerk and yeah. they CGI'd them and they yeah. looked a little bit more like actual turtles and yeah. they had like that one I enjoyed. That one was Every the one animated the... thing since the 90s animated okay. series. I can't mm -hmm. watch it. And it's mm. it's kind of like Spider Man, that, like that movie, the Amazing Spider Man with Peter Parker. That's the story nine I know. It's the one I love. The rest of these are garbage. Like, <laughs> I think uh, the yeah the the one that you're referring to the live action one. I think that's wasn't that like directed by Michael Bay or like the team that did like Transformers or something like Probably that. Probably was. Yeah, I feel like it. I maybe yeah. I'm wrong about that, but I actually never saw that one. I, so I, I that don't one. have any critique on it. But I was, the the newest one. I can't appreciate that the kids that did the voices were actually like teenagers. So they were really teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. So like there are subtle things about that. And then and they, they blended like today's culture with like the whole vibe of like teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, like really well. I thought they did a good job with it. I thought it was a fun movie. My kids absolutely loved it. Jackie Chan was a gem uh, doing a voiceover in there. Appreciate that. I was curious if, to pick your brain about other shows that you found to be good and healthy for your kids. Oh, That's yeah, how yeah. we got sidetracked um, with Ninja Turtles right there. Yes, we got sidetracked with Ninja Turtles. So bringing it back to um, you know shows that we do like that seem to not get the same reaction that uh, some of these, like we don't watch Coco Melon. We don't watch any of the like the super... Um, but, you know, we can kind of consider like addictive shows. We even kind of avoid like Peppa Pig, um, some of the bigger shows, um, but shows that we do like in our house that don't seem to get the same reaction that some of mm -hmm. these other shows do. Um, Tumble Leaf is a really good one. So some of these are like slower paced, like they'd be considered like low stimulation shows, right? Yeah. So like a low stimulation show means like it's not a lot of fast changing scenery. It's not a lot of like, crazy colors or um you know sometimes they even have like almost like addictive music in them that's why coco melon is the way it is it changes really quickly and the music is actually designed to captivate your kids which is you know it's designed to captivate their attention um, but one of the ones that we really like is uh tumble leaf on amazon prime it's a claymation show about this fox named fig um, and it's this whole like kind of imaginary island. He lives like on an old pirate ship. It's it's a really cool show. It's really interesting mm. to watch. And um, even the dialogue you'll see is like much slower than um, in a lot of other shows. Mm. Um, a couple of the other ones to check out, like if you're looking for something a little more low key or to watch at night, um, Stillwater on Apple TV is really good. Um, it's all about uh, emotional and uh, like emotional regulation. So like the kids are always running into some kind of issue and then their neighbor Stillwater takes them through some sort of parable or story to show them like this is how you can deal with your anger or frustration or jealousy. 
um, or, you know, disappointment. Um, so it really helps kids understand like what their emotions are and how to manage them. Um, and the last one I'll talk about, I mean, Bluey, we've talked about a ton. That's a huge favorite for the whole family. And then the last one I'll talk about is a new show we started watching called Puff and Rock, um, oh, yeah. which is, again, another kind of low-key. Yeah, Puff and Rock is cool. It's a super low-key animated show um, about two puffins on this island in the North Atlantic. Um, and it's just their adventures, teaches your kids kind of a little bit more about nature. Um and again, it's just a slow paced show so that they're not constantly being bombarded with colors and music and changing scenery and all that. Um, so it's easier to <clears throat> peel them away from that and say, like, we're going to watch one episode and be done um, rather than some of these other shows that they're just designed to hook them in episode after episode after episode. OK, so there's this girl named Jerrica Sands. And I don't know, I feel like sometimes she could be a little overly crunchy. Uh, but, uh, one, one thing that she, uh, kind of got, I guess, like flack for was her TV show ratings. Um, she has this whole thing about like managing screen time as well. She's got, got a course and all that. Uh, but, uh, she rated a bunch of TV shows and a lot of people turned there to try to get like, okay, obviously like Bluey, Sesame Street, you know, a lot of the basic ones. And she's like, F D F like horrible, terrible shows for you guys to watch. And it's like, what the, what is wrong with you, right? Uh, and as she gets into it, but um, if you go to raisewildflowers.com slash TV dash reviews, you can get a look at um, some of the things that she well, that talks about crunchy. there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But are you, are you um, typing it here, into the chat? Is that what's happening right now? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll type it in the chat for, for you guys to check out right now, actually. One of the shows that we watched surprisingly made her list and, and got an A, a 90 out of 10. These are her top rated shows. 90 out of 10 was Trash Truck on Netflix. That was actually a fun show. And you would think that it's stupid because it's about a, a talking trash truck, uh, which actually uh, it, it made her list as like, oh, no, this is this is a good show. So um, uh go check that one out other ones that actually make her list that that are you know good a little bit more of a slow pace things that um you know aren't overwhelming uh for a child's brain that actually help with development all that kind of stuff uh angela's christmas one and two and it got a 92 uh, 92 on her ratings stella and sam got a 93 uh snowy day which has gotten i think the highest rating of her list 97 out of 100 it's called the snowy day right Shows like Bluey, Bluey, I think she had a revised score, got an 82 out of 100. And it's because uh, attention, it's whether or not this show is likely to cause the attention issues. That got a 37 out of 40, so it doesn't cause attention issues. Behavior, she says that it's likely to cause behavioral issues due to silly behaviors. Heavily models parents as the entertainer may lead to unrealistic expectations, which I mean, kind of uh, the, the damn dad. Uh, but uh, so and then so there are like four main like things that contribute to her score. So there's the attention, there's the behavior, there's language. All right. Will it enhance vocabulary and then learning uh, educational content is mostly developmentally appropriate for young children with regards to Bluey. But um, attention, behavior, language and learning are kind of like the main buckets that she tries to to score everything. And, and Bluey gets a B minus pretty much if we're going through the American scale here. Um, but the snowy day that scored a 97 out of 100 uh, scores high on each of those things. According to her, this one, uh, it's a girl who's quite involved in the world of, you know, screen time and all that kind of stuff uh, and raising kids in, in a more wholesome manner. But so why don't we kick it over to the next topic? So we talk. Yeah, this is a, this is a good one for you, Andrew. I feel like this is right up your alley in terms of the, the stuff that you've talked about, the stuff you enjoy. Um, so one of the most important things when we think about choosing, baby monitors. I mean, we have houses full of smart devices. We have Alexas and Google Nests and cameras and security systems and all kinds of things, phones that are collecting data on us all the time, right? Some of them we're using to monitor our own kids. So for you, you know, being kind of in, in the more, in like the IT world, it's, it's something I've considered, I think a little bit more as I've gotten older. 
um, or have been around my kids more and have just learned more about the technology that powers some of these things. But like when you're choosing your products, like what are some of the things that you're looking for? And maybe what are some of the things that you just like won't have in your home? So I, I think the, the unfortunate answer I'm going to give you, and I don't, I, just, I don't think this is the answer you want to hear, but I don't consider those things when I'm buying a product. Um, and I take a very relaxed attitude on it. They're going to collect your data. It's, it's going to happen. You, you are probably spending way more effort and energy than it's worth in attempting to stop them from collecting your data. Now, what you want to pay attention is how is my data being used against me? Because uh, like when Alexa first came out, right? Everybody started realizing that this passive microphone was actually being used to feed ads into your Facebook for products that you might actually buy. And everybody had to go in and manage their settings and figure out how to turn off those features, right? Or depersonalize ads. And people like Apple went as far as to say, here's the little tab in your phone to give me nothing but depersonalized ads. So when I do baby gear, I specifically look for people who um, are advertising their privacy. And the reason I say that is because you don't put out a marketing privacy piece unless you actually have something to back it up, right? Um, that was one of the big things that I liked with Miku. I've seen it on Nanit. Um, they... It, it just, it spoke to me and I felt really comfortable with them. Now, when I brought them into my house, what did I do? So I'm an IT guy. I actually have a completely separate wireless network for all of my smart home stuff, all my cameras, all of my, my smart TVs, everything. And yes, I'm an IT guy. I know how to set it up, but for, for the average person, it's not that difficult. You can actually purchase just a second router and say, this is my internet or my, my smart things network. And you can segregate it from your regular network, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's not easy. It, it's probably going to take a YouTube video. If you have something like a Nighthawk, I think you can do this out of the box. I would have to check. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Um, but we've already, already, most of us have already done this and we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So you do things like you have your Wi-Fi that your phone goes on and then your router mm -hmm. gave you a guest network where you, when your mother-in-law shows up, she gets that network, right? Right. Um, this is just creating a guest network for your smart devices. Um, mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I think is huge because if someone is going to break into your house, they're going to do it through your smart lock. They're going to do it through your baby monitor. They're going to do it through... Um, the Alexa dot you have that isn't mm -hmm. secure enough, right? They're not going to do it through your iPhone. Like that, that's right. way too big of a leap. Um, the other piece of this is, and, and this is a, a big chunk of work. I'm sorry. It, it is. We haven't simplified it yet. You have to understand parental controls on your subscriptions and on your Amazon accounts, your iPhones, your, and, Google's making it really easy right now. They have a thing mm -hmm. called Family Link. Um, right. You sign your kids up for an email. Both of my daughters have emails. They have their own accounts. They're in my family. They have age restrictions. It walked mm -hmm. me through what content each person at what age is allowed to view, right? Apple's doing the same thing. Right. And it was very easy to set up and get going. And now when my, when my kids get a hold of an iPad and they log in with their pin they're not old enough yet right but here i am going does this actually work oh it works oh, that's cool <laughs> um it, you put in a kid's pin and they just can't get to content on the internet they're not supposed to see because google yeah. is smart enough to stop that apple's smart enough to stop that right and so especially for you ben right you probably don't want your three-year-old stumbling on adult websites while he's browsing mm -hmm. through chrome so you may or may not have a chrome profile set up for him on his tablet or a, right. a kid profile, right? It, it We're in a digital age. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. We cannot just remain ignorant. Um, 
And right now it, it takes a little bit of work as a parent to go set all those things up. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's interesting because <laughs> it's something that we, you know, weren't necessarily prepared for, um, you know, right. it's, it's a new era, right? right. Uh, it's a new age where technology is evolving faster than it ever has. Uh, we have access to more content, knowledge, information, opinions, yep. um, you know, in our pockets than we ever have. And there are a multitude, there's exponentially more smart devices in our right. homes from, you know, the dishwasher to the, to your cooking the range, to your fridge. ovens, your, yep. yeah, your, uh, you know, your clothes washer. I mean, your, your robotic vacuum that's keeping your house clean. I mean, there's so I, many items wanna, that are connected to everything you in your house. Scary one that people aren't thinking above everyone has, or people are starting to get those robotic vacuums, right? <laughs> the robotic vacuums map your house. That's what they do. They mm -hmm. ship all that data off to the cloud, and now companies are buying the footprint of your home from the robotic vacuum company, and they're marketing furniture to you because they can tell how long that six-foot spot has been going around by your robotic vacuum you've had for five years. And that's hey, pretty, five that's years, time scary. for a new couch. Right, except for Amazon like, just bought Roomba. So yeah, I know. Amazon's the room, I will say, I will say, I will say that on, on the on the one hand, on the one hand, I devil's advocate as a marketer, as a, a literally as yep. my profession, as a professional marketer, that is a brilliant use of data of of right. cut of customer data. As a parent and an owner of a robotic vacuum and all that stuff, so scary. I don't love it. But right. I understand. I understand the impetus for wanting to use the data. Now, there's another layer to this, right? Like when we talk about accessibility to that data. So I think you know one right. of the original points right. you made, Andrew, is like we know that if we invite these devices into our home, whether it's baby monitors, smart vacuums, whatever, we know it's collecting data on us. It's how it uses that data your and how that's available. Yes. That's important to understand. Right. And so when you're looking at a device and considering, you know, how does it use my data? Where mm -hmm. are you? You know, for those who may not know, where are you oh, seeing sure. that information? Um, okay. So we've all done this. You click past it every time you sign up for an account everywhere. It's the privacy policy. It, it sounds stupid and most of them are huge skim the first few paragraphs. And when I say that, mm -hmm. you what you're looking for is how they define terms. Right? If if you're looking at that for those first few paragraphs and you see something like um I'm trying to think of a really good example. Um data, right? And they have defined data as any information sent from this, from our device to our servers, like that's, that's a big red flag, right? Because they're saying everything is theirs because it, and what's happening in right now, and this is, we're getting very technical, but there's a big battle over who owns the data. And it's kind of the mm -hmm. same battle over, that had that happened in the eighties who owns the song on the radio. Right. Right. So if you think of it as I bought a cassette tape, I put the cassette tape in my car, I hit play. I hear the song. You don't own that song. You own the physical cassette mm -hmm. tape, but you don't own the song. You can't make a copy of it. Right. You can't give it to somebody else. Well, where the industry has gotten to is you're buying a device that Mm -hmm. that attaches to somewhere else and sends the song out. And the question mm -hmm. is, do you own the song or does the device manufacturer own the song? And right now, because the only place that, so that song is saved is on their servers, they own it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put this in a very clear context for everybody in terms of dad stuff. This is the thing that freaks me out about what just happened to Miku. And this is why I am so mm -hmm. upset, right? Miku, 
the way it was set up, I buy a $500 device, I get all these services. The only thing that's going off to the cloud, as far as I know and can tell, are the respiratory images, the respiratory data for storage and archival, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's happening on the device. Cool, great, love this device, let's do this, right? The company who just bought them said no. Any of data that that thing creates goes to our servers. It is ours. You're going to pay us for the privilege of storing it for you, and then we're going to give it you access to it. That that scares me to no end mm. because what it means is that every Miku out there is filming. Every Miku that's on Wi-Fi could mm. theoretically be filming and recording every baby, shipping it off to their servers. They're storing it. They're doing analytics on it. They're doing shopping on it. They're doing all kinds of, of data analytics to it. And they're not telling you what they're doing. And the name of the company mm. was like ma maternity like information health. No, it's in yeah. innovative health. Uh, yeah. Solutions. Monitoring LLC. Monitoring it. Yeah. Right. Like their name mm. just says we're watching you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, there is no there is no information on the company either because I right. did try to research them when Miku was bought out and it's a very simple shell website with no real info. So I right. can only guess that it's either a holding company or it's, you know, a subsidiary of a larger organization. Um, right. But yeah, so, it's hard to find anything about the company that now owns that data okay. and the cameras. Right. And that's why it scares me. That's why I haven't purchased their subscription. That's why when they sent me the opt out, I said, I'm out. Right, because what's in my opinion, and this is purely my opinion, this is purely speculation, do not take this to a lawyer. Um, I think what's happening here is they figured out they can do some kind of analytics and health predictive analysis on infants based on these camera feeds, and they are going to attempt to monetize that data and then sell it to whomever, diaper brands, Desitin, right? The Because what I noticed when I was just watching my camera for a year is I got weak sleep schedules, right? I knew when my wife walked in the room, I knew when I was changing the room, the picture was clear enough. I could tell during the daytime if my kid had diaper rash while my wife was changing her, right? Like it's a problem and these are... <sighs> My so, paranoid brain gets going odd places, right? And we don't know where that data is being stored. So, so, <laughs> I, I, so, I, so I'm just curious. So we, we've we've kind of gone at length about like talking about a lot of the things that are, are glaring issues, things that could be potentially right. scary. But uh, when it comes to solutions, though, what are the right steps to take for maximizing protection? And you being an IT guy, sure. um, you know, what are some, uh, if you were to just kind of lay out a, a couple just, points to really hit home to, to maximize the privacy of, of you and your yep. family with regards to, I guess, yeah, home tech, whether that's Miku or anything like that, yep. or, you know, things, you know, uh, if, your routers, any of that. Yep. If this kind of stuff concerns you, um, I would advise anything that says it goes on your Wi-Fi, you don't want. If you, if it has the option to put it on your Wi-Fi, it's collecting data about you in some way, shape or form, right? Um, it, and it's as simple as that. Um, there is no reason for your baby Brezza to be on Wi-Fi if they're not gaining information about how often you push the bu button, right? right? So it, look at that first. If, if these are things that bug you, baby monitors, we've had them for years. They're portable 900, was it 900 megahertz, right? They go like 500 mm. feet comes with a little portable screen, comes with batteries. They work mm -hmm. just as well. I, Andrew has a bunch of reviews on them. Um, I do, I do. What you really have to be conscious of is what data and what information you're willing to risk. And it, it has to be an, a conscious decision. Now, mm -hmm. given my background, given what I do, I have opted for it's way too much work to try and stop them. So I'm only mitigating the risks when they become problems. Um, 
that being said, right? And I'll give you an example. Home Depot lost millions of credit card numbers, right? Mine was one of them. Yeah. What did I do? I went, okay, they lost my credit card number. Change my password, change my credit card password, keep an eye out. I set limits on my card to see alerts for spending. Mm-hmm. It's risk mitigation at this point. You're not going to stop them. They're going to collect your data. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's being mindful of that. Now, yeah. You can go crazy. You can go completely offline. You can, but you're just making your life harder in a different direction. Yeah. Um, right. There is an upside. There is an upside to all of this though. Right. I did the tally baby thing. Um, it was a device. Mm-hmm. Press the button. Every time your baby poops, every time you feed it, the analytical data I got back as a parent gave me so much reassurance that I was feeding on time, that my kid had good diapers, that I wasn't missing. Poop. Like, it relieved me so much. And when my doctor was like, Hey, how's your kid eating? I was like this much, right? I had all the data and he's like, that sounds perfect. Like your kid is doing great. Right. (laughs) And, and he had the Mm. ability to objectively look at data that we had rather than just going off of, well, I think he pooped four times yesterday. Right. Like, so there is an upside and we are learning a ton about childhood development and feeding schedules and, sleep-wake cycles, because a lot of companies are using this data for good, healthy child research, right? Mm -hmm. We can't let a few bad actors Mm -hmm. screw it up for everybody. Um, So I know I just went like on a 20-minute, the world is coming to an end, your privacy is at risk rant, but I I am on board with 99% of it. Um, My kids are about as smart as you can get. And I I think that makes... (laughs) I think it makes a lot of sense, right? right? Like you're, you're, you're understanding that the world of technology is evolving. It's, it's not something that we can stop. And therefore it's, as you said, risk mitigation and understanding how to live with it and how to use it, uh, how to use it properly and and safely as much as you possibly can. Right. So there are a couple of good points in there. Um, you know, definitely a lot of stuff to consider. I know one of the things I'm considering is switching all of my, you know, smart devices to like guest Wi-Fi network so we can yep. segregate the traffic and sort of just give it a little bit less information to feed off to, um, you if, know, folks that I, that I may not want. Uh, but if I you do, get nothing else out of my rant, turn your guest Wi-Fi on. Do not use it for guests. Use it for all your smart devices and, and let your guests live on your network because they're less of a danger to you than your smart devices are. Awesome. Just, oh, that's a good, that's that a good, good uh, good, good that is a, for sure. Uh, that's an awesome tip right there for sure. Um, I think, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and start, uh, to wind things down. We'll move on to our discord comment and uh big shout out to uh homeboy Brett who, uh, continues to be an active member on our discord here. And he, he asked a bit of an off the wall question, more just about dads, right? What are your mm-hmm. guys' wallet of choice? Looking to upgrade mine. Uh, Ben, you're the EDC guy. What's, uh, what's your thing? What's your thing, man? Uh, so I've got two, well, really three. Um, so two are from small makers. Um, one of them is local to the Atlanta area. Um, one of them is actually local to me, um, here in the Carolinas. Mm. So, uh, and then one is like a kind of a major retailer. So um, the first one, and I can't remember the exact name of the wallet, but there is a company. We'll we'll throw some uh, links in the show notes. There's a company called Bryn Mawr Dry Goods out of Atlanta. Um, they make handmade uh, leather, kind of very minimal card wallets. Super comfortable, very small. Throw them in your gym shorts. Super comfortable. Um, they uh, they use all kinds of different leathers, embossed leathers. Uh, you know, all kinds of really cool materials to make their wallets. Um, and it's actually a a friend of mine he used to work with years ago went off and started his own company and now he's building these you know incredible handmade wallets. Um, the second wallet that I love and that I carry regularly with me now is kind of my everyday wallet. Um, it is called the Hitchhiker um, and it's from a company called Rustic Heirloom. Um, they're out of Concord, hmm. North Carolina. Uh, they do a lot of like limited drops. So you kind of, it's one of those things you kind of have to follow them. They do a new drop every, I think it's every Tuesday at like two Eastern. Um, I think they're like 50, 60 bucks, but they're handmade. 
um, you know, heirloom quality leather, hand stitched, uh, you know, brass rivets, very, very kind of cool. They patina beautifully. Um, and they come with a, a little lanyard so you can like throw a bead on there if you want to kind of customize it to, to whatever you want. Um, nice. And then the last one that I, I really liked, um, there was a company called Andar Leather Goods, um, and they make a wallet called The Pilot. Um, and if you're someone like me that carries like a decent number of cards and wants to keep them organized, and mind you, these are all very like minimal wallets. Um, but this one is, it's kind of cool. I don't have it with me, but there's a trigger actually on the bottom. So after you put all your cards in, you can actually pop the trigger on the bottom and it actually fans all of your cards out um, in order. So you can fan them out, grab your, you know, your ID uh, or whatever credit card you're reaching for. Makes it a little bit easier to stay organized um, and see all your cards in one place. So for organization, I give it to the Andar for um, just really kind of cool factor. The Rustic Heirloom Hitchhiker, just because it's handmade and again, it's local to the Carolinas. And then if you want something that's just a little bit different and out there and really kind of more one of a kind, um, Bryn Mawr Dry Goods makes some really good ones. Our freaking new Ben we'll would be the guy to... I knew Ben would be the guy to to, to chime in there. <laughs> I I am a much more simple answer. I used to go with a brand called Bellroy, and now I uh, I've got a brand uh, that I use called um, uh, Exter, which is uh, just a simple slim wallet, and then there's like a the little button that you kind of like fan out like up to five cards. So I don't know. I've been really enjoying it. I think it's a really solid uh, uh, solid thing for me to be using but uh yeah that's called extra extra wall oh it's spelled e-k-s-t-e-r so um yeah man that's uh that's kind of what we're rocking andrew what do you care to share what you're rocking paper clips uh <laughs> i have carried yeah man you gotta go low tech on wall no um <laughs> i am carrying a secure id men's slim wallow it with genuine leather and rfid protection for 12 cards uh the link is actually in our geek corner of our discord it'll probably be in the show notes as well but it's um i've had two of these i really like them um it's a 12 or it's six cards in a metal piece with the little pinky trigger that fans the cards out and then it has the piece i like it is it has a little spot for actually carrying cash um, so you get the slim wallet feel, but you can fold up, carry cash. You can have your ID, hide your ID. Um, and the whole thing's RFID protected. So it's, it's a really nice little wallet, uh, keeps people from skimming your credit cards, which is always a good thing. Um, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a completely, uh, 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 I, I I totally forgot to mention that same exact thing. What you just mentioned is basically uh, the RFID scammer. Yeah, yeah. with the, with the, with Exter, it's all there too. I did just yep. a much worse job at like mentioning that. <laughs> I was just like, I use Exter. I, like, I didn't think people actually cared, but like, I, I did like my wallet. <laughs> and uh, yep. yeah, really a similar concept to uh, kind of to kind of what Andrew laid out. But I don't know when when Ben starts talking about how beautifully a leather wallet patinas, I'm just kind of like, hey. Let's go. Uh, now I'm going to try I to just, check out those Bryn Mawr wallets. You know what I'm saying? I love, I I love the look of like old, old leather and brass. Just like looks so good. Oh my gosh, dude. I can't Freaking get over it. the bump. Like I, I'm a front pocket carry guy now when it comes to my wallet. I've just, I did way too much traveling and I can't carry them in my back pocket anymore. So I need something thin and Every time I've done a folded leather wallet, it just, it always ends up like an inch thick. I'm kind of the same way. Well, then again, yeah, I, I, I do like I thinner wallets. leather wallets either. I, um, have you seen like there's like studies done on like, um, like uh, people throwing off their posture because of the way that their wallet like just affects everything when they wear it in the back and just throws everything yeah, you're off. Pulling it's, a George Costanza there. That's what you're. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, that was George's whole thing, right? Uh, to to close things out, uh, we did have a comment come in here about postpartum anxiety for dads. Um, or is that uh, Andrew? Is that something well, you that did a, you did a short? Uh, or Ben put somebody put together a short for postpartum anxieties for dads, featuring you, Mister Two. 
and uh, this was one of the comments that came in after it. And I figured it would just be a good like, hey, we hear you. We're with you. Dude, carry uh, it away. Do you, you guys want to chime I in mean, on that? Sure. So Reaper thirteen thirteen seven said, hundred percent true. My son was born last month. The de- um, I just lost my spot, and my parental leave ended today. I'm going back to work, and I'm freaked the fuck out. Um, I get it. <laughs> we all were right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I knew. leave my pronunciation alone. We all were. I was scared. I'm sure Ben was scared. I think Andrew was also scared. Um, we talk about this on the dad support channel of our discord probably once a month. Just, Hey man, it'll be okay. You'll get through it. Um, and it's not always me replying. So you can get somebody else's opinion too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Reaper thirteen thirteen seven. right? That was, um, that was kind of, yeah, I mean, to your point, that does come in a lot. And I, I just, uh, it's, um, it's, it's something that we we've I'm pretty sure we've addressed this quite a bit on um on the podcast a little bit we've talked about it on the course at length uh but you guys you're staying present you're staying strong and I mean as best you can do just kind of be there um but yeah th- th- those it is very easy to overthink those early months uh when in actuality you know you we've uh it's just such a small blip and you know, we're, we're at the stage right now where we're kind of getting rid of a lot of the baby stuff. We, um, I mean, we talked about it post show in our last recording about how short this time is. Um, you, you know, we thought that it would be, uh, I think Ben said, uh, said it best. I don't know. Remind me what you said, but it was like something to the effect of like, you know, you come into this thinking that you've got like a lot of time in this stage, right. Where they're kind of growing their, you know, toddlers and all that, but it's so fleeting. It's so short. Yeah. And us like making content on like the dad verb channel on like, you know, I've got like this, a Newton play yard thing here. Right. And how it's just like, you know, I, this is, it, it's, you know, I I've been in it for six years. Ben's officially done having kiddos, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it is so fast. It is just so unbelievably fast how short this period of your life uh, in parenting is and just rapidly accelerates past it. And then you're off to a whole new stage where your kids are in elementary school and you've got a whole new set of problems, right? So yeah. uh, not problems. The, the having the having kids chapter is so much shorter than you would think. Like it, we're, we're kind of at the same stage as you guys, Andrew's, Andrew, where – We've, you know, we know that we're done having kids. Actually, shout out! I have my uh, my vasectomy console on the next at the end towards the end of this month. So I'm going in. Nice. I'm getting it done. I'm taking one for the team, getting snipped. Um, but so we are officially done having kids. Um, nice. but the craziest part about it is, as you start to put the baby stuff away, you do think like it feels like the having kids chapter of my life would have been longer. Um, yeah. And now we're just in the raising kids chapter, which is, it's great. I love like our family dynamic. I think it's awesome. Um, but it's definitely different and it goes by a lot faster than you think. Um, you know, and anybody that's, that's struggling with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, anything like that happens more often than you realize in dads. Cause a lot of dads don't talk about it. I think we do a good job of having that conversation here. It's really important to have. Um, first and foremost, if you need it, and even if you don't think you do, don't be afraid to seek professional help. Talk to somebody, um, especially if you don't feel like you have the tools to manage it. Uh, you know, a therapist can can help you work through that for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. There's absolutely no shame in in seeking therapy to, you know, work through some of those issues and and help you figure some of those things out. And mm-hmm. second of all, um, you know, one of the things that I found that helped me is. I could either, my anxiety was born out of wanting to control the outcome of things that I had no control over. And so once I really thought about the idea of not having any real control and focusing on the things I could control, my presence in my home, the way I presented myself to my kids and my family, um, the effort I put into spending time with them, the effort I put into making you know, those memories happen that's where I found my anxiety coming, you know, less and less because I just didn't have time to focus on it because I was so focused on 
on that moment, on making those moments matter because I didn't have control over the other moments. So I can either focus on the things that I can't control and they'll make me anxious and worried, or I can, you know, really buckle down on the things that I have control over and feel much more sound and calm and focused uh, than I would otherwise. Sage-like advice right there, man. Well, um, we're going to close. Uh, go ahead and close things out. Uh, if you guys ever do have any questions or comments, uh, you can always find us uh, on YouTube in that comment section. Happy to respond to anything in there, or you can find us on the Discord. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, you can go ahead and find us. Uh, find that in the show notes or in the comments of this video. Uh, w- someone made a comment a while back on the YouTube on that note about like t- um, time codes on the YouTube videos. Maybe that was just a one-off thing, but if that's something that would actually be helpful for you guys, let us know. Uh, that that that's not a, a difficult thing for us to to kind of plug in there. Uh, for all new expectant dads out there, um, you know, if you do want to take the opportunity to explore our online course at dadrub.com, it's a valuable resource to help you into your journey, uh, your journey into parenthood. And uh, again, thank you to Ben and Andrew for uh, joining in on this podcast. Uh, my name is Andrew. Remember to uh, before you sign off to like, subscribe, turn on notifications, and uh, leave us a review. Again, means the world to us. Uh, until next time, keep dadding like a pro, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Dadward Podcast. Good night, everybody, or good day, or whenever you're listening. <laughs> see you guys.